poverty of Christ. Being a disciple of the Lord, Peter was witness to many miracles performed by his master. But it is interesting to note that seven of those miracles that the Lord wrought had to do with Peter or were directly related to him. Two of those miracles, two of those, the seven, related to the great draft of fishes. At the beginning of Peter's service for the Lord, you remember we considered it a few weeks ago, the Lord was preaching by the seaside. And such was the cry they pressed upon him. And he commanded Peter's vessel. And then he said to Peter, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the draft. But we know that Peter didn't obey. He launched out into the deep but he only let down one net. He didn't think he would have, been, he would have needed two nets because they'd fished all night and caught nothing. Anyhow, we are told they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Luke 5, verses 4 to 6. That was a miracle. And then, you recall following Peter's denial of Christ and the Lord's resurrection Peter felt his ministry was finished because he said in John 21 to six other disciples that were with him he says I go a fishing when he got back to his old trade he felt that service for the Lord was over because he had denied the Lord those three times I go a fishing and then the Lord well then they fished and caught nothing then the Lord appeared on the shore and the Lord then told them cast the net on the right side of the ship the result was again a multitude of fishes were caught another miracle involving Peter the third miracle of Christ involving Peter was you recall the healing of Peter's mother-in-law Luke 4 verses 38 and 39 then again Peter was the one disciple who was enabled by the Lord miracle to walk upon water <coughs> as he got out of the ship 
and walk towards the Lord. Matthew 14, verses 22 and 33. Then the Lord wrought a miracle when he healed the ear of Malchus. When Peter had drawn the sword, as they came to arrest the Savior and cut off the ear of Malchus. That was Peter's doing. And the Lord healed that ear of Malchus. Luke 22, verses 50 and 51. Then later, in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 12. You remember Peter was in prison and the Lord miraculously opened the doors, brought him out of prison, even though the guards were there, and delivered him from his prison cell, Acts 12. Now we come to this miracle of catching the fish that had a coin in its mouth. This is the, the center of the seven miracles that the Lord wrought for Peter or in relation to him. And this miracle sets forth for us the poverty of Christ. That's where we begin. Our first point. The poverty of Christ. The event leading up to the miracle concerned the paying of tribute money. This was used for the upkeep of the temple. Christ was exempt from paying this tribute money because well the temple was his father's house not what the Lord said and children of the father were exempt from pain and the Lord goes on to explain that to Peter that the king doesn't ask for tribute from his children so Christ being the child of God God's son he was exempt from paying, but you notice there in our text in the verse 27 that the Lord was going to pay it anyway. <coughs> Nevertheless, sorry, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. In other words, the Lord was going to pay it anyway. Rather than offend those who collected the tribute money. It's interesting, isn't it? The Lord didn't even have the amount of the tribute money in his possession. He couldn't reach into, as it were, his pocket and take it out and give it to the tribute collectors. He didn't have the money wasn't there the Lord didn't even have the amount to pay the tribute 
And so he tells Peter where the half shekel, the tribute for him and himself, for the Lord and Peter, would be found. We read the verse 27. Go to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that, that, that first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, a piece of money, that take and give unto them for me and thee. Money wasn't in the Lord's pocket, as I said. He didn't have it. And surely that highlights for us the poverty of Christ. This speaks to us of and reminds us of his condescension. His condescension. The Apostle Paul tells us of the poverty of the Lord when he said, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became what poor that we through his poverty might be made rich 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9 when you think of his condescension we think of just how far the Lord descended into this world from being in the bosom of his Father in heaven, becoming poor, like you and me, with only without sin. When he came to earth as God manifest in flesh, he was born into a very poor home. He was born into a poor home. Mary and Joseph, Joseph the carpenter. But, Luke chapter 2, when the Christ child was born, Joseph and Mary took the Lord to the temple in Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Any other parent or parents that did that according to the law of Moses were to bring a sacrifice they were to bring a lamb Mary and Joseph couldn't afford a lamb and again according to the law of Moses the poor were permitted to bring turtle doves. Two turtle doves are two young pigeons. Luke 2 verse 24 and that's what they brought. They couldn't afford a lamb even though when you think of it they had in their arms the lamb of God. But they couldn't afford a lamb, an animal to be sacrificed the poor were permitted to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons 
dear, my dear friend this morning if you consider yourself to be poor you have nothing to be ashamed of Christ was poor he couldn't even afford the tribute money he didn't have it and remember it was for our sakes that the Lord became her as well as his condescension consider his company we know that the company of the Lord that the Lord kept was not with the rich and famous the company he kept was with poor lost sinners isn't that why he came under the criticism the scribes and the Pharisees and his enemies they condemned him saying he's a friend of publicans and sinners they were looked upon as the offscouring of the earth and yet the Lord would often go and eat with them and he was criticized for that but then we see how Christ identified with others who were poor like himself Reverend Armstrong touched in this last Lord's Day morning when he spoke about <coughs> certain poor widow Luke 21 and verse 2 and he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mice she is described as a poor widow she cast in two mice and what did the Lord say the Lord said she cast in more than they all because she cast in all that she had two mice the Lord said it was from a poor widow but wait the Lord Jesus didn't even have two mites what do you think of that you talk about poverty the Lord described her as a poor widow and all she had in her possession was two mites. The Lord didn't even have two mites. No. That's why he sent Peter to go and do some fishing and catch the fish that would have the tribute money in its mouth. Poverty of God's son. He didn't even have the two mice to his possession. And we see what the Lord told Peter to do. Take and give unto them for me and thee. The money taken from the fish was used to pay the tribute money for the Lord and for Peter. Because the Lord didn't have the money himself. Amazing, isn't it? 
We have his condescension. For our sake he became poor. We have his company. He kept company with like with those like that poor widow. And then we have his confession. His confession. We read that a certain scribe came to the Lord one day and said to the Lord, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. That was all very good. But then the Lord began to tell that scribe that there was a sacrifice to be made and told him what it was like to be a disciple because the Lord then said unto him the foxes have holes the birds of the air have their nests listen but the son of man has not where to lay his head in other words the Lord didn't have a home of his own the son of man had not where to lay his head Matthew 8 verses 19 and 20 think of it the animals in the, of the field the birds of the air had their own abode but Christ had not You could say the birds of the air and the animals of the field had more than Christ had. As far as a home is concerned. Turn to John 7. And here that is highlighted for us. John 7. Look right down at the end of the chapter. Verse 52. They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. Look at verse 53. And every man went on to his own house. Where did Christ go? Verse 1. Jesus went on to the Mount of Olives. In other words, every man had a home to go to. Every man went to his own house. But Christ spent the night in the Mount of Olives. Where was his home? So when he was telling that scribe, birds of the air have their nest, foxes have both, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. He didn't have an earthly home of his own. Does this not again highlight for us that our Savior became poor for us that we might be made the righteousness 
of God in him. As well as the poverty of Christ, we move on now to the actual miracle itself. And here we see the precept of Christ. Verse 27 Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea. He's given the order to Peter. There's his precept. Go thou to the sea and cast an hook and take up the fish that first cometh up and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money, and take and give unto them for me and thee. There's the precept. <clears throat> so we see then here the command. You think of that. It was a strange command. No, he didn't tell Peter, go and see Judas who carried the bag and get the money from Judas. Instead, he commanded Peter to go to the sea and fish for that money. You know, when you look at that verse 27, We can command Peter. Maybe we're not always able to command him. But I believe we can command him this time. Because the Lord told Peter to go and do something very strange. Go and fish for money. And you look at the verse 27 and there's not one word uttered by Peter. He didn't argue with the Lord. He didn't say, well, what would I do that for? <clears throat> no. Peter remained silent. And he went and he did what the Lord commanded him to do. Believer, here we can follow Peter's example. In obeying the Lord, no matter what the Lord has told us to do. You get a word from the Lord to go and do something and you know that word is from the Lord and yet it seems strange and odd. Do it anyway. <clears throat> if the Lord has given the order We do it anyway. And we'll be rewarded. Remember? Remember what the Lord told Abraham? He was to leave here of the Chaldees. He was to leave home. And go out to a place. The Lord said that I will tell thee of. Now you think of it. If someone said to Abraham, Abraham, where are you going? Abraham would have said, I don't know. 
don't know where I'm going. But Abraham went anyway. It might have been a strange order to give to Abraham to go out to a place that he would later be told about. Whether it seems strange or not, Abraham went anyway. And he is commended for it. You see, as Peter himself later said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And when we obey the commands of the Lord, no matter how unusual or strange they may be in our eyes, we just do not know what the Lord will do for us. You don't know what the Lord will do. David has told us about obeying the Lord's command, Psalm 19, verse 11, and keeping of them, that is keeping their command, and keeping of them, there is great reward. You never lose out obeying the Lord's command. Praise the Lord. Never lose out. <coughs> as well as the command we see the catch Peter obeyed the command of the Lord and was greatly rewarded notice first of all the moment read those verses that verse again go thy to the sea and cast and hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. There is no indication there at all that Peter spent any length of time trying to catch a fish. I'm afraid that's one thing about fishing I just couldn't have it at all standing there at the riverside casting in the line and standing maybe for a couple of hours before you get anything I just wouldn't have the patience for that and here's Peter and he cast in the line and he caught a fish The first fish he caught was the one that had the money. There's the moment. And then you have the mouth. The Lord said, open this mouth. And think of that again. You would think of the fish open this mouth to take the bait. The coin would fall out. No. When Peter brought the fish to land, opened his mouth, there was the coin. You have the moment, you have the mouth, and then you have the money. What a miracle this was. 
because when Peter opened its mouth he found a coin a coin it was the exact amount that was needed to pay tribute for the Lord and Peter not amazing we have a great God such as the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ Peter you remember short time before said thou art Christ the son of the living God Matthew 16 and verse 16 in other words Peter acknowledged Christ as God and that was plain to be seen that day when the Lord told Peter to cast in the line take the first fish out and you'll find enough money in his mouth to pay the tribute for you and me reminds us of what we read in Psalm 8 in Psalm 8 verse 6 thy madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands as can all things under his feet all sheep and oxen yea and the beasts of the field the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes through the path of the seas O Lord our God how excellent is thy name in all the earth you know in that miracle that the Lord performed when he enabled Peter to walk on the water So it's important to take note of every word in Scripture. Because the Lord enabled Peter, and we read, he walked on water. But it tells us Christ walked on the sea. People misquote that, you know. They talk about Peter walking on the sea. No, he didn't. Bible doesn't say that. Bible tells us he walked on water. Christ walked on the sea. You say, well, what's the difference? The difference is Christ is the master of the seas. He can walk anywhere on any sea. Peter was limited. To walking in that stretch of water between the ship and the Lord. I say that in light of what we just read in, in Psalm 8. Christ is the master of the seas. He can walk on the sea 
He can calm the seas. He can still the tempest. He knows where every fish is in the sea. As this miracle here proves. Why? Because he's God. Hallelujah. He's God. He knows all things. The command, the catch, and the coin. The Lord knew where that fish was. <coughs> of all the fish in the sea, the Lord knew the one that had the coin. It's just marvelous. He knew the one that had the coin in his mouth, and that was the one that Peter caught. And that one coin was the exact amount to cover the cost of the tribute for the Lord and for Peter. Matthew Henry has a good comment. <coughs> Matthew Henry said, Christ could as easily have commanded a bag of money as a piece of money. He could have commanded a bag of money just as easily as commanding one piece of money to be caught in that or to be in that fish's mouth. This teaches us by the Lord's example that he will always supply our need He'll supply our need. He'll not supply our greed. He supplied the need that day for Peter and himself. It was the need. Just as the Savior has said. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. In other words, the Lord will take care of it all. Matthew 6.34 Finally, as well as the poverty of Christ, the precept of Christ, you have the provision by Christ. In providing the coin or to pay the tribute, we see first of all the Lord was gracious. The Lord was gracious. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. So the Lord was gracious. Rather than have the collectors of tribute criticize him, even though he didn't have to pay, the Lord was saying, we'll do it anyway. And shows us the graciousness of Christ. The Lord was gracious and the Lord was generous because he said, Give unto them for me and thee. 
Lord just didn't think about himself. Give unto the tribute collectors for me and thee. Peter, I'll pay it for you too. The Lord was generous. And just as Paul said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. What a wonderful Savior we have. Yes, he can write down to our level. <coughs> Poor sinners. Christ came down. And there we see the poverty of Christ. That he didn't even have the money to pay the tribute. And the Lord bless the word to our hearts. Let's just buy the word of prayer. Oh, our dear Lord, we're thankful that we can say we have a wonderful Savior. One who identified with us in so many ways. We're glad we can look to Christ and say that he's one of us without sin. Lord, may we take encouragement from this and beholding the poverty of Christ. Lord, for any who must leave now, not able to stay for the table, Lord, bless them. Grant them traveling mercy. For those of us, Lord, who remain, Lord, draw near to us. Give us a fresh glimpse of Calvary. We pray in our Saviour's name. Amen.